sure glad to be with you this morning on Real Presence Live. If you missed any of this morning's show, you can find podcasts later, realpresenceradio.com. So you can find out a lot there. There's news about what's going on, local events, upcoming things, all at realpresenceradio.com. Now we're going to move into a segment talking to Lillian Belinsky. Uh, Lillian, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Wonderful. Welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I live in Bismarck. My husband works for the University of Mary, and I help out with um, music and liturgy for the diocese. Okay, very good. So we want to talk about um, beauty in liturgy and in faith. Uh, so what is, what is the importance of beauty in the liturgy and in our faith life? Well, um, we we come to know God through truth, beauty, and goodness, um, and especially the liturgy, which is the source and summit of our faith life. We need to experience beauty um, to meet God and encounter Him. It, it helps us because we're attracted to beauty, you know, and then we more easily want to love Him and serve Him. Mm-hmm. So beauty. Uh can be understood through lots of different things. I mean, through uh, through art, through the through the eyes. Uh, maybe not so much through the nose in the liturgy. I'm thinking, I mean, maybe incense or something or oils. <laughs> not too much there, but uh, through the eyes, through the ears, through music, which we'll talk about today, uh, through various other uh, realities. So, um, and it's massive place of importance is to is to reveal the beauty of God uh, to show some of His His splendor and His and His loveliness. Um, so, but we want to talk especially about music today. Uh, so, tell, let's talk about music and the liturgy and the role that it has. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I think about um, music and beauty is that it's something that has to be um, different from the ordinary. Um, and so when we have sacred music, it really gives us this sense of wonder and otherness about God. Um, and, you know, it isn't overly sentimental or emotional, although it can, you know, affect our emotions. Um, mostly we want to, to hear that music and to wonder at God. Right. Um, yeah. The I, uh, I was probably. recently at uh, so sorry I was recently at a um, at a funeral uh, and there were some really nice um, we could say sacred sacred music pieces um, and at the end they did a um, they uh, there was a an electric guitar that came out and there was a song from I don't know if it was from the Eagles or from some somebody it was a it was just a rock and roll song <laughs> it was actually I mean, it wasn't oh. like it wasn't they weren't trying to do secular way of doing a religious song it was like a, a song from the Eagles or the Beatles or I don't even know who it was and it was clear that we had stepped away from uh, lit- it wasn't really a lit it was not, not not a Catholic funeral but we had stepped away from the attempt of the of the worship of God and moved it was clear it was just clear that we'd moved into the completely uh secular and um just on, which was you know they were trying to honor this person who had died and so but it was it was a clear it was definitely not oh yeah we're really praising God here uh we are uh we are in the world <laughs> right so right. you you you, yeah. you speak well when you say that music um uh 
when we talk about the liturgy that it it is to draw us out of the world and into something else. So you want to say more about well, that? Well, in music, yeah, it has that power to tell you where you're at. Mm. Um, when you hear a march, you think of military, you know, ceremonies mm-hmm. or something. When you hear a waltz, you feel like dancing. When you hear pop music, the same, dance music or entertainment. And when you hear music that belongs to the liturgy, you feel that sense of prayer and reverence. It really does have a strong ability to tell you, this is what we're doing right now. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the, the tone and the, the way in which it's sung, all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm just thinking right now of what, what different things bring to mind. I've um, There are some... Um, we could say like orchestra masses that were developed in the in the in the history of the church, and I've actually been at some masses where they were they were used. And uh, so when I think of when I when I listen to like that kind of classical music, I think of those those really uh, extensive liturgies. It was a little strange for me actually because I wasn't used to having such uh, uh, extended music at the, <laughs> at the liturgy, but it was, it was yeah. really, really quite lovely. But when I think of chant, I, when I think of Ch- Gregorian chant, I don't immediately think of the mass because I. I haven't experienced it that much at mass, actually. Um, uh, I think of monks at, at you know, um, I think of monks in their monastery. So maybe that's unfortunate that I don't think of the mass <laughs> immediately because chant is supposed to be part of our mass. Um, anyway, yeah. I'm kind of getting off track here, but let's let's come back. We're talking. I'm talking with Lillian Belinsky. We're talking about the role of music and that it shapes our experience of the liturgy. Uh, so let's continue on this topic that we're on here. Um, just I had mentioned about yeah. ch- chant and orchestra. What you have a response to that? I do. Um, so, in the early part of the 20th century, the Pope started um, kind of documenting what they wanted sacred music to be in the church, and that was three things: um, to have it be universal, music which everyone, all Catholics, can you know kind of take as their own, um, and that means around the world as well as throughout time, you know, we have a tradition. Then that it's sacred and that it's beautiful. So sacred meaning set apart, and beautiful, that it appeals, you know, to our, that has a certain, um, like, symmetry, um, and artistry, um, and quality, right? That it's a very high and beautiful kind of music, not just uh, a nursery rhyme or something, you know. Um, so, uh, with those in mind, when you have an orchestral mass, it is very beautiful and sacred, um, but maybe it's lacking that universality. It's impossible for everyone maybe to understand it fully because it's pretty complicated, or even it's just kind of expensive that a lot of people needed to, to pull off one of those. Um, and so Gregorian chant fulfills those three things so well that that is the music that is giving to us as our, basically our foundation for sacred music. Because it's universal, children can learn it very easily, adults, from all over the world. Um, it's always sacred. You don't really, I mean, although some people, it's funny, like people who are really into yoga, <laughs> or, <laughs> uh, you know, use chants like for their meditations and they're using it in a secular way, which kind of is, but mm-hmm. usually, Gregorian chant is just sacred. Like you said, it, it brings to mind monks or um, liturgy. And then it's it's beautiful. It, um, it's very, there's simple chants, but there's also very complex and beautiful um, 
chance that take the best kind of artists that devote their life to learning it and being right. able to sing it well. So, right. Um, yeah. So we want to we want to take a moment here to make sure we talk about this uh, new program that uh, you're a part of. Can you tell us what that is and how it began? Sure. Um, so the Diocese of Bismarck uh, wants to promote the use of uh, the pipe organ um, in church, and we have um, a number of young students as well as some adults taking lessons, um, and many of them start out with good keyboard skills and then just need some help to transfer over to the organ and, and use it during that. Um, that so that program is there great. to encourage that. Yeah, mm-hmm. how, do, how do people get involved with that? Uh, they can email um, uh, me or Father Nick Schneider or their pastor, and they can get in touch with me. Um, like I said, pretty much the requirement is that you have some good keyboard skills and want to play for math and, and are willing to put in the time that it takes to, to learn the organ. This is wonderful. There are so many parishes that I've been a part of where they say, oh, it's so hard to find a, a piano player or an organist, or, or maybe they have piano players, like, well, but they don't play the organ. They can only play the piano. And so they, they feel limited. A lot of parishes feel really, really, really limited uh, to the access that they might have to organists or pianos. Uh, so that you are, that the Diocese of Bismarck is um, facing that and saying, hey, let's change that. Let's, let's promote it. Let's move in this direction. I think that's really wonderful. So I'm glad that, that this is part. What is your email address, Lillian? It is simply my name, um, Lillian Belinsky at gmail.com. All right, so that's L-I-L-L-I-A-N B-I-E-L-I-N-S-K-I at gmail.com. All right, very good. Well, Lillian, thanks for being with us. We have to move on to another segment, but thanks so much for sharing about the Diocese of Bismarck's program for training uh, uh, pianists and organists for the pipe organ at Mass. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. God bless. Stay with us. Up next, we'll meet one husband and wife who are in the trenches of marriage, trying to raise a beautiful family in the midst of a culture that attacks family life. Find out how these how they see beauty in the struggles and what messages they have for other parents who are striving to live family life as well. Real Presence Live continues right after these messages. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.